Welcome to the Leadership Lowdown right here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Versero, and part of what I love to do is have an opportunity to meet people that are making a difference along the way. And we have somebody with us today that's doing just that. And I'm so excited to hear about their work at an organization called The Davies Project. And we have with us the founder and CEO. And I am going to do the best I can with a difficult name. It's a little bit more difficult than Versero, so I'm going to see what I can do. But we have with us Dr. Pam McClouch-Itch. I think I have to say it slow in order to get it right. But Pam, welcome to our show. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much, Vic. It's nice to be here. Well, I'm glad you're here. I had the honor of being over at your impressive facility the other day when we were working with a group of people. And I thought, wait a minute, this is an impressive organization I've heard so much about. And I want to hear more about it. And so we kind of planned this day. And I've been excited ever since we got it on our calendar, Pam. So thanks for being with us. But before we get too far down the road, tell our audience a little bit about what the CEO does at the Davies Project and maybe just a snapshot of what you're all about. I think you could say I wear every hat in the organization. Yeah, yeah. That's what small organization (laughs) leaders do, right? Oh, does it ever. There are several of us in the office, but I'm the one everybody reports to. Love it. But actually, when I started this agency, it was me doing every role from driving families to appointments to fundraising to all the communication, you name it. Well, and isn't that amazing, you know, and really it's the same whether it's a small volunteer organization or it's a small business, whatever it is, there's humble beginnings and along the way, there's humble beginnings with big intentions. So tell me just kind of the main big intention or the big view of what you set out to do and then we kind of want to unpack how you kind of got there. So what is the Davies Project if people came in off the street and want to find out about you? What we do is we make sure that seriously ill children in Lansing have rides back and forth to all of their medical care so that if they see a specialist for any reason and the family struggles with transportation, we will take that child and a parent and whoever else needs to accompany that child to every kind of medical appointment they must attend. So that means seeing specialists, that means dental care, eye care, physical therapy, occupational therapy, mental health care, all of those components feed into the well-being of that child. And we have a team of volunteers that is very diligent about making sure those children receive all of the care that they need. Well, and Pam, I have to tell you, what you just explained there is kind of anybody that's ever dealt with significant medical issues realizes that there's a parade of doctors and professionals and all kinds of clinics and different elements that come into your life. And it's almost mind-boggling the number of places and people that you come in contact with. I know through some personal challenges, every once in a while, I'm seeing a doctor and I go, I forget where this clinic is at because I've got so many that I've got to run around and see. So I can only imagine having the intense emotion and, if you will, pressure of being a parent, trying to keep all of that straight and then having that child in the mix as well. But so in this Davies Project, just for those that are listening throughout the state, is only at this time centered here in Lansing. Is that true? That is correct. I created the model here in Lansing with wonderful people backing me to get this off the ground. But the model we have created 
is really the first of its kind in the country that we are aware of that really relies on volunteer drivers, focuses on children, and makes sure they can get to everything they need. It's something that could be applied to every community in Michigan with some tweaking. Each community is a little bit different, but we've come up with something that really is tremendously important, especially Lansing is representative of so many communities across the state and the country. In this community, 70% of the children who rely on the specialty clinics are on Medicaid, and they are missing 60% of their outpatient appointments. Oh, my. I'm sorry, Pam. I need to make sure I don't go past that number too quick. Did you say 60%? Yes. Are on Medicaid. 70% of the children who rely on the specialty clinics are on Medicaid, and they regularly miss 60% of their outpatient appointments, primarily because of transportation challenges. Oh, my word. And that right there is just a major beacon of light that you just shown on a problem and a challenge that just all of a sudden, wow, is that something that has to be dealt with and overcome? And so, Pam, in this next segment, I think we want to talk about kind of where you kind of started as a person, as a leader, but also kind of got the inspiration for all this. So I want to take us all the way back to the very beginning and learn about the Davies Project. We've got six quick segments, and I'm so glad that Pam is with us right here, the founder and CEO of the Davies Project. We're just delighted that you're here with us as well. Well, right here on the Leadership Lowdown, this is Vic Vershiro. I will be right back. We do office and have been exceeding our customers' expectations since 1984. DBI is celebrating its 30th anniversary as a premier office supply and furniture dealer in mid-Michigan. DBI offers more products and services than any other office supply and furniture dealer in mid-Michigan. Find out what DBI can do for your office at dbis.com. And we're back right here on the Leadership Lowdown on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vershiro, and with us we have the founder and CEO of the Davies Project, Pam McClouch-Itch, and she is doing a great job of helping us understand her organization. And Pam, I kind of mentioned this before we left, but take us back to the very beginning. So are you born and raised in Michigan? Oh, no. I'm from a small town called North Attleboro, Massachusetts. Oh, wow. Out east. Yes. I'm from New England. It's a small town between Boston and Providence. And my 97-year-old mother still lives there. God Um, bless her. That's great. Still driving, still doing her thing. And yeah, that's where I began. It was a circuitous route that brought me to Michigan. I went to a small college called Mount Holyoke in western Massachusetts. 
and ultimately ended up in the Peace Corps in West Africa. I was a fish farming volunteer. So I was out there building fish ponds and working with villagers to increase their protein supply. And it was fantastic work. I thought I would spend my entire career in Africa, but I realized I actually needed more education to continue in that direction. So I came to Michigan State Uh and that's where I did a master's in agricultural economics and then a PhD in agricultural economics. Well, how about that? Along the way, I met my husband, who is a math professor at Michigan State. And that, while my intention had been to continue working in Africa, he and I were in agreement about that, that we would find a way to make this all work. But we married and we started our family. And when my oldest was three years old, and I had a not quite two-year-old son, and I was six weeks away from delivering my third child. My son, Peter, my oldest, was diagnosed with leukemia. Oh, no. So he had a quite serious cancer diagnosis, which led to more than three years of chemotherapy and treatments and very difficult times for our family. And that really is where the Davies Project came into being because we had every resource available to us to manage our son's situation. And it was still the scariest thing we've ever been through. Oh, I, can only, I can't imagine. That, that must have been amazing. Well, so what you're saying is a yeah. personal situation is the origins of the concept of the Davies Project. Absolutely. So tell me, Pam, I could be wrong in my terminology here, but what was the early frustrations you had that go, I could use some help? There's got to be a better way. Where did that, was there a light bulb moment for you or how did that work? While we were going through our care, we could see lots of families just struggling in ways that we weren't. And repeatedly, the clinics would tell us, oh, your family, you are just so able to manage this very difficult situation. And it kind of kept alluding to the fact that how many other families were struggling. And we could see that. We could see that ourselves. But personally, I remember not having an outlet, really, for what we were going through. And one thing I do remember is I had to stay calm for the kids. My husband had to. You know, we had to. We pretended it was an adventure we were going on together as a family, but I would get on the highway sometimes. I would just go in the car by myself so that I could cry and make it and not upset anybody. And then I'd come home calm and pick up again. (laughs) You know, honestly, Pam, that just is so brave. And think about the deep well inside of you that you were drawing from to let it out and then go back and be brave for the family because you had to put the face on, right, to make sure everybody knew we're going to get through this. And so, oh, my word. I mean, imagine going into labor in one bed with your son receiving a blood transfusion in the bed next to you. Those were difficult times, but it was nothing compared to what other families were going through. And that's really where the Davies Project came in as a way to celebrate this community that was able to keep our son with us, but also to make the journey easier for other families, well, especially the struggling so much more than we were. Yeah. And Pam, let me ask you this, and we may just trying to squeeze this in before we go to our next break, but I'm thinking about something in your life 
is some extraordinary things, the good stuff that got put inside you because you were taking on Africa. You weren't hanging out in Massachusetts saying, I'm going to go to the Cape for the weekend. You know, you're talking about taking on some changes in the world. And when you finally decided that the world was a long ways away, you started changing your local world. Was there something as a youth, young person that put that inside you? Where do you think that came from? When I was really small, I had an uncle and his wife, and they had four daughters. And, you know, this was unusual for the 60s, but they lived in Ethiopia. And he was in all sorts of international development work, and he was a physician. He was in public health. And they would come back every other summer. And it was very exciting because I suddenly had four girl cousins. It's true. Yep. Great. But I used to always, even as a child, wish that they would leave one of my cousins and take me with them. Uh, I want to see where it was, where they went, and what they did. And it really sparked an interest in me that I couldn't quite let go of. In fact, I thought at one point I would go to medical school. And I was doing research in Boston at an MIT Harvard lab and was being kind of groomed for the medical route. But it just wasn't right. I couldn't get Africa out of my system. So I joined the Peace Corps. Well, uh, it's just incredible. You said it sparked an interest. And I got to tell you, you're sparking an interest in us today. I love it when people decide they want to take on the world and try to make a difference. And that is so inspiring to me. I'm so glad, Pam, you're with us today. So glad you've tuned in to Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network. We'll be right back. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan with offices in Lansing, Farmington Hills, Grand Rapids, Detroit, Marquette, and Holland. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com. And we're back right here on Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Vershero with Pam Makauchich, and she is doing a wonderful job of helping us understand a pretty incredible organization called the Davies Project. And Dr. Pam, I think you've earned that. I want to make sure I bestow that proper designation on you. But you know, as we unpack this story of the Davies Project, so clearly your son's name was David or Davy? No, no. His name is actually Peter. What? His, Peter <laughs> Yes. I think a lot of people think that uh, the agency was named for him, and that is not true. I considered it, but he quite soundly refuted that. He's 27 now and about to get married, and he did not want an agency named after him. (laughs) Well, that's interesting. Well, then there must have been somebody important by the name of Davies. Tell us about that. That's right. Dr. Deli Davies is somebody I met when my son was eight years old. He was invited to be a kid of inspiration for the MSU Children's Health Initiative, which was a partnership with Michigan State Basketball. But Dr. Davies was chair of pediatrics and human development in the College of Human Medicine. And the night my son was invited to a basketball game as a kid of inspiration, that's the night I met Dr. Davies. And he had been recruited to the area to create an outstanding pediatric facility where all of the specialists would work together under one roof 
with wraparound services there. Unfortunately, that vision that he worked so hard on was never able to come to fruition for a number of reasons. So Dr. Davies eventually left the university and he is now senior vice chancellor out of the University of Nebraska Medical Center. He's doing wonderful work in Omaha, absolutely wonderful. But before he left and I had the great honor of working with him, I was serving on the board of the Children's Health Initiative. And then next thing I was associate director of the Children's Health Initiative. And it was a wonderful learning ground for me, working with Dr. Davies and Jan Quaring, another person who was very formative to me in those times. And when I saw the work that he was doing, when he left, I thought, you know, under his guise, we were really focused on clinics. But when he left, I thought, we're not done. There's so much we can do directly for families. And that's where the Davies Project came wow, from. Wow, that's so cool. Well, so let me kind of uh, head down this direction because I don't want to run us out of time and these segments seem to go so quickly. But tell me, as you started looking and realizing that there's an opportunity, you use the word agency, but in my thinking, there's an opportunity for you to make a difference. And you started thinking about it. Tell us about the early origins of that view. Did it start out with you just getting a hold of people that you thought you could help and personally doing it? Or did you immediately go, there's something bigger here that I've got to build? What was that spark in your world? (laughs) It's a good question. When I was at the Children's Health Initiative, what's really wonderful is that there was a board associated with the initiative. And on that board were some amazing people from this community. Oh, nice. Including Jack Davis. Oh, yeah. Who passed away a few years ago. He was very dear to me. Including Dr. Stephen Gurton from Sparrow Hospital. Huh. He's the one who created the Children's Center there. And he just retired a few weeks ago. But there was a group of 10 or 12 people. And those two in particular, Steve and Jack, really helped me get this agency off the ground. And they all followed me here as a board. And we were able to just kind of pick up where we'd left off. But it was Dr. Gurton who made it very clear to me that the biggest issue to tackle on behalf of families was transportation. Mm. And Jack Davis jumped in behind him. I had many, many ideas of what I wanted this agency to look like. But at the first board meeting, they looked at me and they said, nope, You pick one thing, do that one thing really well, build your credibility with that one thing, and then move on from there. Wow, let's spend a second there because that really seems like some sage advice. Tell me about that because when you look at – so let me just play here for a second. Because when you look at the world, I think many of us step back going, wow, that's a big deep hole. My little sand that I'm going to throw towards it to try to fill it up, my teaspoon isn't going to make any difference. But what I heard you say is that by grabbing a hold of something, anything, identify it and do it really well, you can make a powerful difference. And that sounds to me like the cornerstone of the Davies Project, yes? Exactly. It really is. And it makes our mission very, very clear. And a mission of driving children to medical care really resonates with people. There's no question about what we do in the impact we're having. And I do think that's a very, very 
good advice for somebody looking to start an agency like this. Yeah, the same thing can be said too with businesses because we have a, quite a large business audience as you think about it, Pam. And right. it's part of the concept is we start out and we try to do all kinds of things because we know there's an opportunity to make money or there's a need or whatever that issue is. But I just love what just happened there is talking about dialing it back and focusing on what you can make a difference at and what you can do really well. Pam, I'm just so grateful that you're here today because I think there's so much that you're offering to us. And the first thing you're offering to me, frankly, is inspiration. Someday, if I'm lucky, I'll meet Peter and I'll have an opportunity to understand what started it all. But today, you're helping us as we move forward talking about the Davies Project right here in Central Michigan, right here on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Vic Vershero. We'll be right back. something to grow it takes time like the equity in your home that's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit because frequent watering of your house plants may be recommended now can we get a new roof not so much the rest of the house want the best rates for a home equity line of credit ask for LaughQ stop in today or go to LaughQ.com slash home equity LaughQ your credit union for life and we're back right here on the Leadership Lowdown with Pam McClouchich, and she is Dr. Pam, and she is doing great things as the founder and CEO of the Davies Project. And of course, you know, Pam, as I think about what you do, we talked in the last segment about being really focused and good at what you do, which is basically getting transportation solved for families in need. But you have a tagline that seems to indicate that there's more going on than just a ride. So tell me about your tagline and where you go from there. Yes, our tagline is more than just a ride. And it really points to the way we work with our families. We aren't an Uber service. We're not a taxi service. We rely on compassionate, kind volunteers who are really dedicated to helping families get to where they need to be to help their children stay healthy. And what we do with each ride that we deliver, the East Lansing Kiwanis comes behind us and they keep us supplied with healthy snack bags (laughs) that, you know, rather than our drivers taking families to McDonald's for a meal, let's do something a little healthier. (laughs) So we have these healthy snack bags that they keep us supplied with. The kids love those. It breaks through the isolation families experience these little gestures that happen in that car. We also collect books and gently used books, books that celebrate diversity that each time a driver goes out with a family, they take two or three books with them for the child to keep. So we're building libraries for children to rely on with their families. And just those little gestures, our drivers are wonderful listeners. They drive a family to an appointment, they wait with them, not so much since COVID, but they stay nearby, and then they drive them home again. So there's a consistent person there for three hours during a very difficult time when you're worried about what's going to happen at an appointment. And so that is the gist behind more than just a ride. But Pam, wow, it's just what you're sharing with me is the way we should all 
be living our life. I just love that. Another way to express that, that I, you know, years ago, we used to talk about random acts of kindness. And I just think that that's such a powerful thing. And so my home movie, back when I was about, I don't know, 17, I had a beat up pickup truck and I took my girlfriend to the movies. It was a terrible snowstorm. Her parents should never have let her out that night with me. We got on the highway and we ended up spinning out and right into a big snow bank because, you know, those trucks are light in the back end. And an 18-wheeler trucker came up and he stopped. Now, those guys are trying to make money, right? He came up. He pulled me out of that blinding snowstorm. And I didn't have two nickels to rub together. And I asked him if I could pay him. And he says, nah, next time I see you, just have your girlfriend give me a kiss. And he gets back in his truck and he pulls out. And, you know, here it is. This is many, many years later, Pam. And I just remember that random act of kindness and was just so meaningful. And I think about, I want to play there for a second because... It's about families that hope has been ripped away from them. And at some point in time, what you're doing is you're lifting up people who are in the middle of a hopeless situation and you're showing them love and kindness and just the ultimate best side of the universe. And Pam, that is so cool. Congratulations. That's got to get you out of bed every morning with a lot of enthusiasm. Right. No, that kindness goes a long way. And I really do like to think we're giving hope back to these families and a faith in our community that they live in a really good place. And in the time, we're helping our children become healthy for the future. They're going to be in such better shape than they would have been without our services. Well, and again, this is a child that sees the best of a stranger that's giving them, you know, an act of kindness like this. This is pretty cool. And so tell me, I'm just thinking, and we may not have enough time in this segment to address this, but I'm just wondering about volunteers because some volunteers might know that's not me. So do you have a format or is there a certain kind of person you look for? How does that fit to get the right people and to give them confidence that they're doing the right thing? Well, I'll tell you one thing is we really, really need more volunteers. We have 60 people working with us right now. About half are active at any month because we make this a very flexible opportunity. So we're looking for people who are really compassionate. A lot of the people who come to us to volunteer have had situations in their families in the past that they relate to with the work that we are doing. So they have some sense of where these families are coming from, at least medically. It's just a really unique experience, but I'm seeing many, many different kinds of people who this mission resonates with. So it might not be for everybody, but it is for an awful lot of people. And it's really important to treat your volunteers incredibly well. One of my favorite times of the month is once a month, I have all the drivers come in, whoever can, to meet me for coffee. And they are the nicest group, so they enjoy getting to meet one another. Oh, yeah. But they also get to share stories about families with each other. (laughs) What works with one family? What doesn't work with another family? Because what they do is also very confidential. But here, in this setting, it's a safe place to talk to each other about the serve. Well, and uh, we're glad today you're not keeping it confidential. You're telling the world about the Davies Project right here on the Leadership Lowdown. We're so glad you joined us. So glad you tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. We're going to go pay some bills and be right back. Michigan, my Michigan. 
The Michigan Works Association believes the key to advancing prosperity across the state is accomplished through building a skilled workforce. As the state's primary workforce development association, their focus is to continue to move the needle on policy, education, and collaboration. They're creating an opportunity and building stronger communities by advocating and innovating together. got the CEO and founder of the Davies Project, and she is doing a wonderful job, Dr. Pam McClautich, and she is helping us understand the incredible work that her and the volunteers and the staff of her great organization are doing to make a difference in the world. And I'm just humbled that she'd be with me today to share this story. And as I think about it, you know, I have a big passion and heart for children, and I was recently involved with some work that is being done by, I think it was the Ingham County Health Department on infant mortality and how to help eliminate that, right? And so I'm thinking about some of the challenges that some of our newest parents have. Is that an area that you find a specific need for? Yes. In fact, one of the first parents that we worked with as an agency nine years ago, who is now on the board in our president-elect for, she'll start her term in a year and a half, she pointed out early on that expecting women need rides just as much as young children to their medical care. Again, sure the children stay healthy. So with that, we started exploring this issue, and we now will drive expecting women to their prenatal appointments, again, when transportation is a barrier. Too often, women are skipping those appointments because they just can't get there. But then add to that the fact that women of color are three times, some are saying up to five times, more likely to die from complications related to childbirth than our white women. So we are now, in July, I was invited to a meeting with the U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services, Xavier Becerra. Congresswoman Slotkin invited me to this meeting, and it was at this meeting that I learned that complications can arise up to a year following childbirth, leading to the death of the mother. So we now provide rides for a year postpartum to the mother and the child, again, with an eye to keeping everybody as healthy as they can be. Well, and Pam, this is just incredible work you're doing. One of the concerns I have A good example is I talked to the former host of this show, actually, Dr. Phil Knight, who is the head of the food banks across Michigan. And one of the things he said is that we really don't have a food quantity problem. We have a food distribution problem. And I think about what you're up against right now. I'm sure you can use more volunteers, more resources, all of it. But I'm wondering, how are we getting the word out so that we don't have a disconnect on somebody that could be helped but they just didn't know about the Davies Project. Right. Well, we're at an interesting point right now because word of mouth and through the clinics has really upped the number of families reaching out to us for help. We provide thousands of rides annually to hundreds of families. It's doubled. It just keeps doubling. (laughs) But we need more drivers to make those appointments work. We are trying to get our word out as best we can. But right now, we need more volunteers so we can serve more families. We do have PSAs on television, but it's time to get another round of those going. 
we are grateful for podcasts like this that might point people in our direction to come and volunteer. We have volunteers from every background you can imagine. Most are retirees. We're looking now into more ways to pull in maybe juniors and seniors at Michigan State focused on the social sciences, like social workers or aspiring doctors, nurses, that sort of thing. Anybody with a big heart, we're looking to bring into our ranks to make sure families are getting where they need to go. Yes, I feel like I drifted from your question. Well, no, I think it's an excellent answer. And and my mind was also focusing on, and boy, I hope I'm not asking an inappropriate question, but I'm thinking about the old insurance guy in me. And so I'm wondering about liability. So I'm a volunteer and I have children in my car. I probably got to make sure I got the right car seat for them. And then on top of that, I need to make sure that if something happens, heaven forbid, and it's my fault, do I have an extended liability there? Or does the Davies Project have some way to cover that? Or since it's not, I'm a volunteer and not getting compensated, it's maybe a different world. What are your thoughts on that? We provide all the equipment, car seats, booster seats, anything you might need. We provide the training. We do rely on drivers using their own vehicles and to have a certain amount of insurance on their vehicle. This project is like a neighbor driving a neighbor. Very good. So that there were an accident, it would go to your insurance first, but we also have insurance so that if it exceeded what your coverage is, it would come to us. Yeah, and And I love what you did there, Pam, because look, it's no different than a neighbor helping a neighbor. On Sunday, with no wind, I had a massive tree limb that fell in my yard across my drive, and my neighbor comes over giving me a hand, and man, it's what neighborhoods are all about, right? But you know, to your point, none of us, especially in the old days, would ever worry about something like that. But for anybody that might be thinking, well, I could do that, but I don't want the liability, I have to agree. If you're not setting yourself out for a charged service, then I think you're in great shape and those insurance issues go away real quick. But one thing that won't go away is the inspiration you're giving us today. We're so glad you're with us, Pam. We have our final segment coming up right here on the Leadership Lowdown. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Physicians Health Plan is local. For 35 years, we've been a part of your community, and we take pride in helping you get the coverage, care, and personal service you deserve. Go to phpmichigan.com for more information. We're the health plan that works for you. And we're back with our final segment right here on Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network, and I'm so grateful that we have an opportunity to highlight volunteer organizations as well as business leaders. And we have quite a leader that's with us and sharing her story about the Davies Project. So Dr. Pam McClouchich, she is a wonderful addition to our show and certainly to our community. Pam, tell me as we think about this, you know, there's so many things that are done like this that aren't properly 
funded. They just oftentimes fall by the wayside because there's so many priorities out there. But you have some generous organizations that have helped you out along the way. Tell us about who they are and who else you'd like to welcome aboard. Yeah, we're really excited this year to have a corporate partner in the MSU Federal Credit Union. They have been so supportive of our work, and I can't thank them enough for the way they're coming in behind our work. We've also had support from Jackson. They're sponsoring our upcoming breakfast. Wonderful. And that's really a big deal. The City of Lansing gives us funds, which I'm very grateful for. The Pentecost Foundation has been with us since the very beginning. The Lansing Rotary has been generous. The United Way, the Community Foundation, But missing from that list at this point are Sparrow Hospital or Michigan State University or the insurance companies. We don't have state funding yet. None of those are able to support our mission at this stage. We hope that will change. We hope that will change soon because lots of people think that when you run a nonprofit, Oh, that means it's volunteers, so it shouldn't cost anything uh, to run. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would be a great deal, Pam, if all those folks that are working for you didn't have any bills. Oh, you work for a nonprofit? No need to worry about your house bill or your... Right. That'd be great. But that's not the way it works. We've got to have people that serve as an organization. They have to pay their bills, too. So finding a way to fund these things is so important. And I just want to challenge companies and businesses that are within our ears to think about the amazing way that your company can make a difference and stretch to that. Pam, I just want to challenge those company leaders that are listening. Oh, I agree. And please come talk to me. I would love to get to know you. We have Max's race for the Davies Project, which takes place in late June. We always need corporate sponsors for that. And it's a great way to highlight your name. We always need sponsors, especially coming in 2024. We would like a main sponsor for our breakfast that takes place in October. And just as the credit union is doing wonderfully this year, being a year-round sponsor, who we highlight at so many of our events and driver trainings and coffees and when we're out in the community and on all of our materials. So any support we can get goes a long way towards helping more and more and more children to be healthy. And we all benefit from that in the long run. Well, and Pam, that's awesome. Before we run out of time here, a couple things. If those business entities want to get a hold of you, give us that contact information, please. Yes, there are two ways. You can call me directly at 517-775-7457. You can also visit our website, www.thedaviesproject.org. And by the way, that is where volunteers can go to sign up and get more information about volunteering with our agency. So www.thedaviesproject.org. But I would love to have a conversation with any of your listeners. Anybody who's interested in coming to visit us too, we're in an old firehouse. Yes, it's a cool space. (laughs) Yeah, a donor stepped forward to make sure we had the building. This had started at my dining room table, progressed to a church, progressed to the armory. We kept outgrowing places. Now we're in the oldest standing firehouse in Lansing. Oh, about that. It's a wonderful building. If anybody would like to come visit, I would love the opportunity to chat with you, to mull over volunteer recruitment ideas and certainly funding opportunities and 
yeah, come volunteer. Come join us. Happy. A great place. I love it. The door is open and coffee is pretty darn good too, I might add. So uh, let me just say this, Pam, if people don't have the deep wallets, and let's face it, sometimes they don't and they might say, there's nothing I can do. Oh yeah, there is. There's a lot you can do. And organizations like yours that are looking for volunteer people, there's so many ways that people can give back and make a difference. And honestly, a difference that can last truly a lifetime. And so when you think about the power of what happens maybe in a ride, but it's those random acts of kindness, it's those individual moments when somebody needs to be lifted. And Pam, I can tell you one thing, when we think about parents that are going through what you and your son Peter went through, parents that are going through those issues without resources and with maybe so many issues, if they don't have hope, that can be the thing that can break their back. But you know what? A volunteer for the Davies Project doing something powerful and special like this brings hope. And when you bring hope, you bring a new bright, sunny sunshine into the day and an opportunity for somebody to get up and keep going ahead. And that's the power of what you and your volunteers are doing. Pam, I'm so grateful for you and your organization. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you so much, Vic. I really, really appreciate the opportunity. I challenge each of you to think about how you can help the Davies Project or another project that might be in your local community because they're there and there's things that you can do that make all the difference in the world. I'm Vic Versero right here on the Leadership Lowdown and on the Michigan Business Network. I can't wait to talk to you next time. Again.